Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I am your host and co-founder, Aaron Brightman, and welcome back. It is midweek, transfer portal week, the first full week of December. We're sitting here Wednesday afternoon. I waited it out a little bit, um, but really wanted to focus this episode on Rutgers football in terms of the offseason news, the, the really true uh, first week of the offseason in regard to player movement. Players allowed to enter the transfer portal officially on Monday, December 5th. Uh, so wanted to run through the Rutgers uh, news in terms of players that have entered the portal, players that have announced the return, uh, and also some um, intriguing candidates to come in through the portal. Also a big flip on the recruiting trail for Rutgers as well. Uh, and uh, also, you know, touch on a few things at the end. But um, here we are, uh, end of the third day. And really it was all the news in terms of who was leaving Rutgers so far. All kind of happened on Monday. Um, and, you know, if you're a Rutgers fan, I'd say you can't be too upset in regard to uh, the names that have left, meaning uh, not disrespectfully towards those players, um, but the fact that no big names, no uh, starters, uh, you know, or high impact players from this past season uh, have announced their intentions to leave the program yet. So that's got to be considered um, obviously very encouraging. Uh, of course, it's still possible uh, that a big name or two will leave or even more. But the fact that there was any, you know, if anyone had concerns of a mass exodus or big names leaving for NIL right off the bat, that has not happened um, in terms of players that have announced that they're leaving. Uh, it's uh, I believe it was nine total. Uh, and I apologize if I miss anyone, but uh, uh, Sean Collins, defensive lineman, uh, has not uh, played a lot, uh, about six games in a uh, you know, backup role. Linebacker Austin Dean, who, who did play in every game this season and, um, you know, got some rotation at linebacker due to injury. Um, you know, both of those guys, I think it's good for them to, to go somewhere else and get more playing time. Uh, so happy for them in that regard. And they, as uh, all accounts, were good program guys. Kyrie Benton, he's a, a former four star uh, from Newark. Uh, he's been with the program two years and, uh, you know, he's had a lot of, of uh, bad luck with injuries. From everything I've heard, I've been asked about him several times this past fall, you know, what happened to him and uh, everything I, I've heard is, is injuries. And um, it'll be interesting to see where he does go, if he does maybe potentially drop down a level uh, to FCS, um, you know, just in terms of, of the toll his body has taken the last couple of years. So uh, best of luck to him. Uh, another reserve linebacker, Andrew Vince, um, did actually uh, play in a few uh, games this past week, or excuse me, this past season. Uh, it was, I guess, 19 defensive snaps total uh, with eight appearances. I, I assume he played some special teams as well. I honestly am not sure. Uh, another kind of rel relatively, I guess, big name in terms of those who left is receiver Josh Youngblood. Came to Rutgers as an All-American as a kick returner. Uh, there was a lot of high hopes for him when he came here. Um, and uh, really did not uh, ever emerge uh, in either regard as a kick returner or wide receiver. Um, and, uh, you know, he's moving on. So uh, be interesting to see where he goes as well. Um, but I think it was pretty safe. He was probably one of the most asked about transfers uh, over the last two years in terms of fan expectation. You know, when was he going to make a an impact? He did have that catch and then uh, costly fumble against Iowa this year. got hurt. Uh, he's had injuries. I mean, he's pretty slight. Uh, he's a small guy. He's speedy. He's got talent. 
Um, but receiving wise, he just was never able to make an impact. So best of luck to him. Uh, moving on, uh, tight end Matt Alamo, who's been with the program. He transferred here from UCLA, New Jersey kid. Um, you know, never made a huge impact. Uh, did play a good amount over the uh, you know last uh, few seasons. Um, three seasons, he actually made uh, 13 catches total, uh, over a little bit over 100 yards. Um, but he's moving on as well. Have to assume maybe he'll, he'll drop down a level, maybe G5. Uh, and then um, tight end Don Munderland, uh, Ohio native, uh, and uh, you know he um, actually previously announced during the season. And then also uh, wide receiver Taj Harris, we know all about him. The transfer from Syracuse uh, left the team, left the program after one game this season, after the uh, opener against Boston College, made one catch. Thousand-yard receiver in his career from Syracuse. Obviously, huge disappointment that he did not stick around with the program and did not make an impact this past year. Definitely hurt the team in terms of, you know, he, I think, I, I don't want to say counted on, but I think he was hoped to be and expected to be in some regard, you know, the top receiver on the team, and it didn't happen. Um, so, uh, again, if you're looking at those names, uh, obviously you hate to see anyone leave the program. You wish them the best. I'm sure they're all leaving. You know, you have to do what's best for you. I think it's all pretty much cases of players that are looking for, um, you know, more playing time, more opportunity, uh, and they deserve to do that. So, um, you know, the transfer portal, what it's been become, uh, I believe it's close to a thousand names entered on uh, Monday, which is just wild. There was a stack going around this week that, you know, it's, um, it's very difficult, you know, once you get out on the portal, uh, overwhelming majority of the players, I mean, well, I shouldn't say overwhelming, but a majority of the players that enter the portal uh, don't necessarily find homes at the division at the same level, whether it's P5 to P5, uh, G5 to G5, uh, FBS versus FCS. Um, so there's obviously risk in leaving. I saw a cartoon from somewhere. It was, you know, a guy was a third string quarterback and it's like, I'm third here. And then when he goes into the portal, he's 1,300. So, um, you know, listen, I'm, I'm all for uh, student-athletes uh, doing what they think is best for them and, and trying to benefit, and obviously NIL is part of that. I don't think that played a role in anyone leaving Rutgers so far, and I don't think that uh, it's played a role in, um, you know, teams recruiting uh, or uh, hoping to get uh, some of the best players. I mean, it still could, like I said come to fruition where some of the Rutgers best players do leave. But I think it's very encouraging, you know, now towards the end of the third day uh, that, you know, no big names, no starters um, uh, that Rutgers, you know, has uh, coming back eligibility wise has, um, you know, entered the portal. Uh, the program posted uh, tweets yesterday of, of the team working out in the weight room and kind of being back on an off-season conditioning program. And, uh, of course, Gavin Wimsat was prominently featured in a photo. I think that was not a coincidence uh, for the program to promote the fact that he is staying. Um, again, no guarantees, and uh, the off-season is long, um, but obviously a good sign there as well. Uh, so we'll see what comes from there. In terms of returnees, uh, two names that, that did announce they're coming back, two prominent players that have started uh, – and um, also just made an impact is uh, left tackle Willie Tyler, uh, the, the transfer, uh, former Texas uh, uh, commit. Um, he is returning uh, for next season. He started at left tackle, um, you know, did have an up and down year, but uh, certainly, um, you know, uh, has some talent. 
and hopefully he can improve. But I think, you know, with this st- uh, stability-wise for the offensive line, I think it's a positive for him to return. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think he could certainly be better in his second year. was not awful, uh, but um, definitely, you know, struggled at times with penalties and um, protection. Uh, but the entire line did, to, to, to be fair. So uh, he's back. And then you have Kess Abraham, Kassan Abraham, a uh, local kid. I uh, made an impact in the secondary the last few years, was hurt quite a bit this past year. Uh, he's going to be back. So that's uh, that's really good news uh, for the defense, which just has a ton of uh, you know impact players returning, uh, which is certainly a positive there. Uh, in terms of news... Uh, you know, Rutgers uh, were able to flip a uh, top offensive lineman in the state, uh, Nick Oliviera. Uh, <laughs> Oliviera, uh, and if I'm butchering that name, I apologize. Uh, it's been a long week, but uh, from Clearview Regional, Malika Hall, New Jersey, three-star offensive lineman, committed to Rutgers Monday night, 6'5", 285, recruited by uh, offensive line coach Augie Hoffman. Uh, and he was set to... Uh, uh, he was committed to Cincinnati, who recently lost Luke Fickle, who took the job at Wisconsin. So him leaving for Wisconsin opened up an opportunity uh, to get uh, Olive, uh, Oliveira uh, to Rutgers. And, um, you know, they, they kind of started recruiting him recently. I know they were aware of him previously, um, but they really pushed uh, with the news that uh, Fickle was leaving. Um, and, uh, I guess, uh, Todrick Hunt reports that, you know, they had to evaluate his tape before offering, um, and they did. So he's, uh, you know, he's one of the top recruits, uh, in this class. He's top 20 in New Jersey overall. Uh, and Rutgers now has, um, three, uh, recruits in the class of 23, uh, that are, uh, committed, uh, to the program. Uh, in the state of New Jersey, of Jasir Peterson, and ironically, well, not ironically, uh, strategically, all on the offensive line. Jasir Peterson has been committed for a while now. He's number eight in the state per uh, 24-7 sports, uh, 41 nationally, an interior offensive lineman. John Stone, another uh, projected guard uh, from Washington Township. Uh, Peterson's from Union City, by the way. Stone, uh, another three-star, um, but 13th in the state per 24-7 sports, 49th at his position, so two top 50 uh, potential guards there nationally, uh, solid that get there. And then uh, Oliveira uh, is uh, 15th in the state and uh, 65th nationally a tackle. Uh, and then they have actually uh, four in the top 20 with uh, Fama Ture from Irvington, uh, wide receiver. He's now 18th in the state. So four top 20 New Jersey recruits in the class of 2023 as of now. National Signing Day just a couple weeks away. Uh, the class is ranked right now 50th overall nationally, 49th composite rank per, per uh, 24-7 sports. So obviously going to be a flurry of activity the next two weeks, um, and Rutgers needs to make an impact there. Um, but uh, certainly a great pickup uh, at a position of need, offensive line, of course. Uh, and then some big news, uh, potentially Jaden Bellamy, uh, his father, Jay Bellamy, for those of you that remember when he played at Rutgers, I do for sure, uh, was a great player uh, in the secondary for Rutgers uh, and played in the NFL as well um, for uh, many years. Uh, played for the Saints, the Seahawks, uh, longtime NFL player, uh, over a decade, 
Um, and uh, yeah, I was uh, I was um, in high school when he played at Rutgers uh, coming out of Matawan. His father was really good. And uh, Jaden uh, went to Notre Dame at a high school, had a lot of injuries this past year and has entered into the transfer portal. And uh, 24-7 Sports has listed him, uh, Rutgers, as a favorite uh, to uh, gain his commitment. So that obviously would be a great addition for them. Uh, I'm trying to see here real quick. Yeah, so Brian Doan, who those of you that know, you know, is very on point uh, with Rutgers recruiting. He is a national recruiting analyst for 27, 24-7 Sports. But in terms of Rutgers recruiting, uh, when he crystal balls someone to Rutgers, he's rarely ever wrong and uh he does have he is predicting as of yesterday morning uh Jaden Bellamy uh cornerback 5'11 175 uh freshman uh one year at Notre Dame to uh he was ranked number sixth in the state in the 2022 recruiting class uh 43rd cornerback nationally uh he is uh, predicting him to come to Rutgers so that would be obviously a big pickup uh for Rutgers uh, and a wait and see there, but uh, would be a very good development. And um, that's kind of the, the biggest news so far in terms of uh, Rutgers uh, offseason uh, with the roster. Obviously, a lot will happen still until, um, you know, in the next month. National Signing Day, like I said, is two weeks away. Lots of moves need to happen. Um, and, you know, one thing I've been thinking about with the portal, uh, you know, in terms of Rutgers, um Advantage might be the wrong word, but I think that Rutgers does have a, um, they have some things going for them in the portal in the sense of they have uh, a natural kind of connection with former New Jersey high school recruits that were highly rated, leave the state, go to a power five program, doesn't work out, and it's a natural landing spot for them uh, in the portal. And we've seen quite a bit of examples of players coming back that have made an impact. You know, Michael Dwumfor from a couple of years ago, leaving Michigan, um, you know, he had a great year and, and ended up making the pros. Um, you know, Giovanni Haskins was another, uh, you know, had an up and down year with Rutgers, but, um, you know, former Big 12 player uh, of the year, high, highly ranked recruit, came back Sean Ryan this past year from West Virginia, you know, was a solid uh, player. Uh, Aaron Lewis, another one that left for Michigan, came right back. Uh, is our, our the best defensive player at Rutgers right now uh, and uh, potentially could be here another two years. So um, a really positive example there. And then Aaron Cruikshank was another, uh, you know, Aramis uh, Hall, uh, New York, uh, came back uh, one of many uh, from that high school uh, that came back to Rutgers uh, out of um, going, you know, to Wisconsin. So, um, I know I'm missing a few. I know there's been, you know, over the years, I mean, transfers that have come back that have left the state and come back and had success at Rutgers is uh, quite a bit. So um, I just, you know, in terms of the way the portal has kind of taken on a life of its own uh, now and is so rampant, I do think a school like Rutgers, you know, is is not in a terrible position in terms of being an attractive destination uh, just simply because of kids that want to go come home. Um, obviously there's more to that, you know, being in the big 10, uh, you know, Shiano, uh, selling a vision, uh, Rutgers, you know, um, in the big 10, uh, there's a lot of upside there, but I think that, um, you know, there, there's certainly, uh, I, I think a, um, natural, uh, connection with certain players, uh, to consider Rutgers in the portal that perhaps 
would not if you looked at Rutgers at the face of it um, in terms of, you know, finishing the last place in the Big Ten East, you know, not making uh, – not uh, uh, they did go to a bowl game last year, but not having a winning season in almost a decade now, um, obviously still uh, smack dab in the middle of a rebuild. Uh, you know, there's some things that could dissuade people. Uh, NIL is not, um, although Knights of the Raritan and Knights Society should be commended and have had made made progress and, and signed uh, student athletes at Rutgers to NIL deals. Uh, Rutgers is not competing with, you know, a, a lot of power five schools right now in terms of throwing NIL money out there. I do think that that landscape is changing. Look at Texas A&M. They have, I believe, the most players in the portal, at least from the SEC, and they sp- probably spent the most money in the portal last year with NIL. So um, unofficially uh, there. So uh, you never know how it's going to go. But I I, I do think that there's some reason for optimism there for Rutgers football fans in terms of, you know, Shiano and coaching staff being able to get some quality players, players that were highly recruited out of high school that are looking for a fresh start. Uh, I think Rutgers makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Uh, one more thing on football. Obviously, we're now um, a week and a half since the season ended. No news on the offensive coordinator, uh, which, you know, I think is somewhat telling. Um, I think that if uh, Rutgers was going to go with Nunzio Campanelli, uh, they would have done it by now. There's no reason really to wait, uh, being that the portal is open. Um, so I think that that is a sign that, uh, you know, and there's been rumors that uh, Greg Schiano has uh, been interviewing. Um, and, uh, you know, one name that keeps getting thrown out there is Fordham head coach, Joe Conklin. Uh, that would be certainly interesting. And I think that would be a potentially very good hire. Uh, you know, I, I, I wrote recently that there is no home run hire that's coming here. Um, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just think that expectations need to be kept in check. And the reality is you don't need a home run hire to be successful. You know, what is a home run hire? A big name that comes here and, uh, doesn't necessarily succeed for whatever reason you need fit. And you need a coach that understands the area, I think, and also, you know, can work with Shiano and understand the Big Ten and, uh, you know, run a modern offense, run a modern offense. Uh, I think there's certain things that haven't been done on offense that are going to be, I don't want to say easy, but um, allow the new coordinator to come in and make some pretty um, potential to make an impact pretty quickly not doing so many crazy things in terms of like, you know, kind of basics that could be implemented that haven't been done that will make this offense better in terms of play calling, in terms of schemes, um, in terms of just, you know, catering to the strengths of what you have on the roster. Um, I think there's a a natural opportunity for whoever comes in to excel uh, in terms of, when I say excel, I don't mean, you know, a top rated offense, but be able to get the most out of the offense. I think the potential is there for the right fit. I'm not worried about name. I'm worried about the fit and you should be too. Um, so I, that's uh, really all I have for football right now. I did want to uh, touch on a few other things. Obviously, Rutgers basketball, men's basketball, huge, huge win over number 10 Indiana on Saturday. I covered it uh, with several articles. I had a rapid reaction up. Uh, I just uh, posted a, a video on YouTube today uh, highlighting Kayla McConnell and the uh, growth that he's shown on offense the last two uh, games against Miami and Indiana, uh, just his second and third games back from returning from knee, uh, knee injury that kept him out, uh, six weeks. 
Um, I just really impressed with him. He was the best player on the court on Saturday against Indiana. And um, obviously his defense, you know, still a huge uh, part of his game and uh, really just drove Xavier Johnson crazy. But offensively, you know, it's not just he's scoring – that um, he scored 16 points in back-to-back games, but just the overall uh, way he's playing um, with the purpose, uh, he's moving without the ball, he's creating scoring chances for himself and for his teammates. Um, you know, he's uh, penetrating and finding teammates, he's penetrating and scoring. Uh, you know, he's banking shots off the glass on purpose. You know, he's uh, he, he worked on his game uh, in the off season and it shows, you know, he has a lot more confidence. He's catching and shooting in the flow of the offense. Um, he's creating space for his teammates uh, after he uh, feeds them. You know, he's doing a lot of sophisticated things that, you know, he hasn't done consistently in his career. Yeah, he got caught in the trap at times, you know, with isolation, dribble, 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 force a contested shot. Um, he's shown a lot of progress in terms of what he's doing offensively, and I think that bodes really well for Rutgers. Huge game Thursday at Ohio State. Um, you know, and I really think the key to that game, uh, above all else, it's pretty simple, but, you know, defense has to travel. If Rutgers can be an elite defensive team on the road in Big Ten play, they're going to win Big Ten games, and I really believe that they can. Um, so, uh, you know, I think one misconception is that they're a terrible road team. They're not a terrible road team. You know, they, they've lost road games that they, you know, really could have won, Miami being the latest example. Um, but this team did win four Big Ten road games last year. Yes, you know, they struggled. Uh, they lost at Northwestern. They lost at Penn State, two bottom four teams. Um, but they won at Wisconsin, um, you know, and they uh, they won somewhere else really good, uh, which is obviously escaping me. They won at Maryland. Uh, not that Maryland has fans, uh, but um, that was a, a big win as well. I'm probably missing one other, but the Wisconsin win was huge. Uh, and uh, if this team, listen, you go, you protect the home court at the rack, you win four road games in the Big Ten. You're talking about worst case scenario, probably 12 and eight in the Big Ten. Uh, so obviously, we want them to win as many games as possible. But I think, um, you know, yes, Rutgers has lost their two games away from the rack this year. They've also just had their full complement of players for the first time in the second half against Indiana, with meaning Paul Mulcahy. Uh, Kayla McConnell, Cliff Omori, uh, and then also uh, Cam Spencer, obviously Derek Simpson emerging. Uh, this team's still gelling, and they put together a tremendous performance on Saturday, and I'm really excited to see what they can do against Ohio State on Thursday night, a place they've never won, 0-5 in Columbus since joining the Big Ten. Um, you know, Ohio State has one of the best, uh, most efficient offenses in the country. They're top 10. Rutgers is a top 10 defensive efficiency. So it's really going to come down to uh, imposing wills and who's going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, win that battle. Obviously, rebounding is huge as well. Uh, Zed Key is a guy I wish uh, Rutgers had gotten when they recruited him so many years ago. Uh, Kid's a beast. uh, And that's going to be a big matchup for Moat Mag, I think. Uh, in terms of uh, shutting him down, they have a great freshman named Bryce uh, Sensabaugh, who Kayla McConnell most likely is going to take. Uh, he's been shooting out uh, the lights uh, and um, a pretty versatile guy. So, you know, listen, they, we wanted them to go at least three and two in this five game stretch. They're one on one now. The Miami game hurts. The Indiana game was uh, very satisfying. Now you have Ohio State on Thursday night before coming home for Sunday, Seton Hall rivalry week. Uh, and then you have Wake Forest the following Saturday. Those are two home games you need to win. The net rankings came out this week. Rutgers opened at 30, which is fantastic. 
big difference compared to last year. Um, and believe it or not, Seton Hall is actually a quad three game, uh, quad three opponent uh, being at the rack. So really need to win that to avoid a bad loss, but obviously to, to gain upper hand in the, the rivalry as well. Should be a super intense game. Uh, so big three games coming up for Rutgers uh, basketball. And, um, you know, earlier this week, I had John Fanta and uh, Pat Lawless on the podcast to talk about Rutgers Seton Hall, as well as the banquet that uh, Pat Lawless and the front office is throwing at Mama Vittoria on Friday night. Tickets are almost sold out. Um, I did uh, uh, purchase two and had them give away uh, through the core club on Tuesday. So I'm happy for two people to go to that on uh, the Scarlet Faithful's behalf. I hope if you haven't gotten tickets yet and want to go, you buy them very, very soon. I think they're going to be sold out probably by tomorrow, meaning Thursday. Um, but a great event. Uh, they're going to have a panel. John Fantas and Scene, Jerry Carino will be there. Um, Geo Baker, Hollis Copeland, Rick Datica, and Austin Johnson from Rutgers. Uh, so uh, really awesome opportunity for Rutgers fans to, uh, uh, you know, uh, celebrate the rivalry and, um, uh, you know, hear some great stories ahead of Sunday's game. Few more things I want to touch on before I go. Emily Mason, Rutgers women's soccer, named All American third team last week. Six year in a row, Rutgers soccer has a um, All American. Pretty impressive for the program. Emily uh, Mason played for the uh, national U twenty three team, uh, or is it U twenty? I got confused. U twenty earlier this uh, summer uh, at the World Cup. Uh, she is on track, you know, she's been involved with the national program for a while. She's a former national high school player of the year and really emerged this year. First team, all big 10, Kathleen, in the defense, she's going to be great. She was hurt at the end of the season. And I think that was a big reason, or certainly a major factor in why women's soccer did not, uh, you know, in the season on a high note, losing four in a row, including the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, but they'll be back. They have so many players returning for next season. And that program's just been a model of success over the last decade. Emily Mason now the face of that program. A uh, few other notes, a couple tidbits about fall. Uh, interestingly enough, I, Indiana soccer, who Rutgers beat for the Big Ten tournament title just a few weeks ago, has made the College Cup Final Four in men's soccer, has a chance to win it all. Uh, so, um, you know, a team that Rutgers beat in the Big Ten title game pretty handily, I might say, three to one. I just dominated them on the pitch. Uh, Indiana, you know, had a decent year, only finished, uh, was it third in the Big Ten? Uh, Rutgers tied them in the regular season, um, but they made their sixth consecutive Big Ten title game. They're now in the final four, only Big Ten representative. So I thought that was a big tidbit for, you know, Rutgers having beaten them, uh, a team that made the final four. I mentioned before field hockey played North, uh, beat Northwestern this year and then also lost them in the Big Ten tournament in overtime. Northwestern lost in the national title game, the defending national champions, before losing to North Carolina. So another quality uh, win there for field hockey. Um, so, you know, two programs that didn't go as far as they wanted this year, but uh, certainly um, had huge, huge wins against opponents that, you know, made the Final Four and potentially both made the national final. We'll see what happens with Indiana. And then the last note I wanted to touch on uh, was uh, track and field uh, in terms of the, their uh, season has uh, indoor season has been picking up. And um, for those of you that don't know, Anam Bridget, uh, he is a tremendous uh, athlete uh, for Rutgers. He's won multiple Big Ten titles, um, All-American, uh, and he's number one in the country right now in the long jump, along with teammates. Sincere Robinson is number two. So pretty cool uh, I, for those of you that, you know, uh, track, uh, excuse me, bad pun, uh, follow track and field. 
Um, you know, Rutgers has two great ones at long jump, and they have a lot of great athletes in that program right now. Uh, and uh, that's a program I've written about in the fall that I'm really excited about, uh, track and field, um, that I think, you know, is just going to continue to get better uh, and better each year. Uh, has made progress under Coach um, Tim Farrell uh, in, a lot, in recent years. Excuse me, Bobby Farrell. Uh, apologies there. Uh, he's, uh, you know, I think has the program headed in the right direction. So that's all I have for now. Didn't want to make it too long. I might check in later in the week if some big news happens. Obviously, when offensive coordinator drops, I will have an emergency podcast to analyze that. Um, hoops, obviously, Thursday, huge game at Ohio State, men's basketball. Uh, wrestling also uh, faces Princeton this week, so two big rivalries this weekend. And they just uh, had two quality wins against uh, ranked Penn squad and Drexel this past weekend at the Garden State Grapple. I wrote about that as well. So lots of fun stuff going on for Rutgers Athletics. Stay tuned to the Scarlet Faithful for all your coverage and appreciate you listening, reading, and watching here at the Scarlet Faithful.